Meet Mukuka Maika, aka Mama Fixer, digital fixer of all things digital media. She has a website, mukukamaika.com, a podcast, Mama Fixer Digital, and also hosts the Bongo Hive podcast. On this episode, we talk about the digital media industry, starting your own business, being a working mother, working remotely, and brand collaboration. So come along and join the conversation. Hello, hello, listeners. Mama Fixer is finally here on Conversations with Leela B, and I'm so excited. I can't even get Leela B out. <laughs> Morning, Mukuka. Morning. How are you? I'm good. It's been a while. It has been a while since okay. I've seen you physically, um, since you left us wow. and went to wow. SA wow. Wow. to go and chase life. The, the dramatics. Okay. So I didn't leave you exactly. I just went, you know, to go and do... Uh, life things <laughs> yes no yes. of course we mm. all grow up and sometimes part of that is leaving home and yes. exploring a new life pattern yes yeah <laughs> all right so i have a couple of questions for mm. you today okay. there's so much i wish i could like ask mm-hmm. you but i'm just going to start off with you are a lawyer mm-hmm. who became a digital sort of guru mm-hmm. can you share with the people and i okay. how you got into digital <clears throat> media industry I find it weird when people say digital guru, not weird because it's like, I don't know how to explain it, but um, you, we were always learning, I think, in digital media. Mm-hmm. So a guru for me implies that I know it all. I don't yet. That's I'm, true. I'm still learning. Fine. Um, you're my digital ninja. <laughs> that I can accept. <laughs> that I can accept. So how I went from the law to digital media is simply because there was a period of time I was not well. I had fibroids and I, yeah, I couldn't, I couldn't work anymore. So I was spending a lot of time in and out of hospitals um and at home and then yeah a friend of mine said to me why don't you blog a little bit and this was about 12 13 years ago why don't you blog and i stumbled upon the nigerian um, blogging community and i actually participated in that community that was so welcoming and so funny and so talented and then from there i i wanted to find my own people my zambians Mm. won't believe what i found lee won't believe what i found what people, did you find people were only blogging about um development stuff so mm. things that didn't interest me i won't call it boring i think it was essential for that time it was about agriculture or or the hiv aids rate or um, finances and things like that but it just wasn't interesting to me i wanted to know about the creatives i wanted to know about life in zambia and i couldn't just get a hold of that so eventually i looked at um other platforms i looked at facebook which was not well still kind of coming out a little bit i think we had high five first and then facebook and still we didn't have that many zambians blogging or tweeting and stuff so I thought, why not um, offer companies the services of putting themselves out there on these platforms? Um, yeah, and that's how I kind of fell into it. I volunteered my time. Yeah. Yeah. And they took me up on it. Yeah, I remember, I think, first where I sort of got to know you hmm. was like through Twitter and blogging as well. Hmm. Like, I just remember, but I wasn't sure where you were from. I was like, is this chick Australian? <laughs> At one point I was like, is she Nigerian? But she's got a Zambian name. I was like, Mukuka. Yes. But yeah, I just remember being like fascinated because you definitely had a very keen interest in what was going on in the creative world or lifestyle world Mm. of people in 
Zambia. Yeah. And especially yeah. of, you know, sort of our generation mm-hmm. of like the youth. It's mm-hmm. like, what are you guys, what are you guys doing there? Mm-hmm. What's mm-hmm. interesting and fascinating mm-hmm. there? Um, so yeah, you've spent a lot of time uh, working with different brands and stuff um, in Zambia. You've even done a little bit of TV. We used to co-host a show together. We did. We did. <laughs> Shout out fresh in the morning. Yeah. Mm. But then um, you moved on to, you know, as, as things progress, you moved on to sort of starting your own business. Mm-hmm. So you've got a website. Yes. And you go by the name Mama Fixer. Yes. <laughs> yes. So um, why was it important for you to have a website? And tell us a little bit about what does Mama Fixer do? Okay. So um, again, I think, uh, you know, being in the digital media space, um, there, there are always pe- periods of your life that change and things happen. Um, and then you have to rework the strategy. Mm. So um, I think that's what happened to my life. I got pregnant, got married. Yes, in that order. <laughs> and I had to move country. Um, and I had to put aside a lot of my clients and business that I'd worked for in the last couple of years and it was a hard decision to make Um, I won't lie I I was really 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 down about it for a long time Um, but my husband said to me that look you know you've done it before you can build up again look at a different way of approaching this and working with clients Um, and then I thought about having remote clients working Mm -hmm. um, with clients remotely and a lot of people told me it's not going to work because it's Zambia nobody works with you remotely they have to have a meeting with you it is very tricky we are so conditioned (laughs) as a society let's have a three hour meeting Meeting. which really could have been discussed in an email we do love a meeting we love a small meeting as they say Mm. can we have a small meeting and it's never a small meeting so already I just said okay but how am I going to facilitate that how am I going to make it possible for me to have um, remote clients so I looked at the fact that I needed a website that's mm-hmm. the first thing that I did I put up the website um, I w- was already calling myself mama fixer but I hadn't really thought about or locked into what mama fixer digital would do I was doing a lot of my um, social media work via my personal account and then I just said no let me let me go all out and actually have a separate account. And that's how Mama Fixer Digital started. So that's how I shifted everybody and everything to there. So when I got my first client um, who accepted the fact that, okay, yeah, I can work with you remotely, I was so excited. And that's really what gave me more confidence to do this thing um, full time. Yeah. yeah. I think that's important, like that you were able to, it was scary, the change was scary, mm-hmm. but you were able to still go forward with this idea and this concept and make it work for yourself because yeah. i'm sure being able to work remotely as a mom and, and work from home it's something that you know especially in the early stages of your son's life it's mm. important mm. for you yeah, yeah 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 it was really really good and it's and like you said for my son especially i mean he he didn't understand like there were times that i had to come to zambia and meet clients but that um separation anxiety that distance I didn't like it. He didn't like it. And I was just like, no, <laughs> I think we really need to work at it. So I had to even train clients to mm-hmm. make them understand that, listen, we can actually work remotely. You have to answer emails on time. Give me the work on time. Give me the content on time. I have to respond to your emails on time and everything. We have to work mm-hmm. with each other. Um, we have to use certain platforms. Skype used to be like my favorite um, uh, app uh, to communicate with clients. 
I discovered Zoom instead. And Zoom Ooh, was... what is Zoom? Well, I need to get in on this. <laughs> so I will talk about Zoom a little yeah. bit later. But Zoom was something that I felt like was much easier. I was able to show clients my screen. I was able to actually do website, web webinars and things like that. So it was much easier for me. So yeah. 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 Actually, that brings us into the next uh, question that I have for you. Look at you. You're a pro. (laughs) Uh, Which was, you have these um, webinars and sort of master classes. You've got classes for people Mm. on your website. So anyone who sort of wants to get to know what it is they should be doing Mm -hmm. with their business brand Mm -hmm. um, on digital platforms, Mm -hmm. you offer to teach or impart the knowledge that you have gained thus far. Why was that important to you? Um... If you look at the digital media space in the last five years, we have more people joining it, um, but less people doing the work. That is true. So what I mean by that is we have a lot of people with 10,000, 12,000, 5,000 followers. Mm -hmm. Um, And in our industry, in our digital media industry, there are brands who get those people and assume that because they've grown their brand, uh, their their platforms to 5,000 likes or 10,000 followers or whatever, that person will now know how to do or carry out a digital media campaign. Mm -hmm. Not true. So you will find sometimes clients will come to me and say, well, we hired this person to do it. And then, and you kind of look at the background of the person and this is not to discredit them. They knew what they were doing in the sense of how to build up their own personal platforms, mm-hmm. but running a digital media um, campaign for a brand and for yourself is totally different. Mm-hmm. And so there were things like audits weren't being done, reports weren't being submitted, um, uh, analytics weren't being looked at. Which again, as you mentioned earlier, as you mentioned in, in mm. the, uh, the video that we posted mm. earlier this week, mm. it's, it's part of your market research. Yeah. So you as a brand, if you want to know if your product is hit or miss yeah. or how it's performing yeah. and you engage with, let's say, an influencer, as yeah. you're saying, someone yeah. with a lot of followers, mm. how do you know that what they're doing, they're posting, yeah. maybe they're getting the likes, but has it translated into the sales? Exactly. Can that person who's mm. now you're using them as sort of the image or mm. an ambassador of yeah. your brand, yeah. what feedback are they giving you in terms of the statistics? Exactly. And remember, the influencer themselves should also be giving you that information from their own platforms, Yeah, you know? And a lot of influencers don't do that. So hiring an influencer, not only as a brand ambassador or influencer on a campaign, but then expecting that influencer to run your social media marketing, um, social media accounts, that was just baffling to me. So I said that, look, if there's anything else, webinars need, need to be done um, to teach the clients themselves and the brands, but also to teach people who take on board these things. You should be able to find somewhere um, where you get information for free and learn from myself, right? The only people I charge are clients when it comes to giving information. I do not charge um, digital media um, uh, peers. I don't do that. I feel that that information, I should give it to you for free so that you should learn and grow and then do do, do the job properly. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and speaking of being able to do the job properly or, you know, sort of using that knowledge, what are some of the best things that you've seen brands do on social media lately? Like, is there anything where you went, wow, okay, these guys are onto something? Um, does it have to be a Zambian brand? No, it can be global. Okay, so I really loved the Zara South Africa campaign. So Zara basically uh, reached out to micro-influencers 
um, to to participate in a campaign in a launch of their website. Mm-hmm. Um, so the South African Zara doesn't have it didn't have a website at that time, so they were uh, launching it, and then they reached out to these micro influencers, and I love the fact that they did that because it started a conversation in South Africa about why brands don't approach micro influencers mm-hmm. but it also started a conversation about who micro influencers are and what's the difference between a micro influencer and a macro influencer and why um, micro influencers are also just as great to use as part of the party so what is a micro influencer so a micro influencer is anybody who has less than Mm-hmm. and be very careful with this but it could change in future less than 2000 followers okay yes less than 2000 I'm like a micro 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 influencer <laughs> well you see I'm less kidding. than two, 0 yeah. to 2000 so, so zero you're, to 2000 yeah. you're a micro yeah so and that conversation that was happening it was happening under the zara essay mm-hmm. hashtag and people were, and they posted out um, uh, they posted out packages to the micro influencers so they got stuff they got invited to the event so they were posting pictures they were posting videos I remember seeing the excitement and also just seeing the people now it's like Zara gave them an opportunity to now also put in the work yeah like they were posting more yeah. regularly like there were a few people who have followed in the past yeah. where now yeah. Eh, yeah. they're posting on the regular <laughs> you see um and it's like how you, how you said you're a micro micro there were people with 800 followers mm. who were sent out a package um and under that hashtag it trended like in two hours yeah without any effort from Zara South Africa itself so <clears throat> I think that was one of my favorite campaigns because um, I like to give people a chance and I like seeing brands who do that. Mm. Um, whether it was strategic or not, we will never know. But I think it was strategic, but I loved it. I thought that yeah. was, it was heartwarming. There's nothing wrong with actually putting together a strategy and going, let's get the people talking. Exactly. exactly. Because at the same time, I mean, I don't live in SA currently, but mm. I lived there and I, we still, as as part of the Zambian social media mm. community, we still look to SA for exactly. a lot of things because exactly. they've been ahead of us with a lot of things mm. that we're still trying to catch up with, mm. like the mm. influencer vibes. Yes. Like we're not necessarily, that's not our strong point mm-hmm. in Zambia. <laughs> that's where we'll leave that at. <laughs> but for me, it was mm. really like cool to see that, you know, you're giving somebody who normally wouldn't get the opportunity. Because exactly. often, as we also do in Zambia, we recycle. Yes. Same celebrities for every campaign mm-hmm. or whatever. And you're like, but wait, this one, you're just with this brand. Yes. Now you're with this brand. It's yes. very confusing for a, at me as a consumer. Mm-hmm. I'm looking at it going, you were here with noodles. Mm-hmm. Now you're here with energy drink. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. Uh, what's your vibe? Yes. You yes. know, because now when you're doing the energy drink things, you're there showing mm. me that you're gymming, you're yes. doing all this. Yes. Then when you're doing like the noodle thingy, it's mm. like you're showing like a bit of lifestyle. Yeah. Like, this is what I, uh, I work so hard when I get home, I make a meal like this. Mm. Not to say someone can't work with different brands, yeah. but so, a lot of the time it can be very confusing. Yes. Yes. I agree. I agree. Yeah. And so what are some of the biggest mistakes you've seen brands make? Because oh. brands make mis- missteps all the time. I mean, oh. let's not discuss about blackface, yeah. polo necks yeah. <laughs> by designers out there in Europe. <laughs> Okay, so I saw a recent one on Zambian Twitter, you see. Mm-hmm. Um, a particular brand uh, decided that they were going to tweet or I put, think or put on their Facebook as well uh, and make light of a recent situation that we were dealing with. I think it was the gassing situation to, mm-hmm. promote, to promote their product. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and it's a food product. I, will, I won't go for it. Oh, I know who it is. Yes. So I think... When I saw that, I, I was like, okay, you're going to apologize, obviously. 
they did not apologize in the manner that they should have. First I of think all, I took, tweeted about it. I said, I this think, is not what you call an apology. <laughs> this is called blaming everybody and not actually taking yeah. accountability and saying sorry. Yes. And so the community manager behind that account or the social media manager behind that account was then going and liking tweets of people who were saying they did nothing wrong, mm-hmm. but you had apologized. So you could already see that the, the person behind the account was acting from a personal place mm-hmm. rather than from a you brand place. You got hurt place. that people called you out for what you wrote yeah. on, cause you're in charge of writing for the brand. Yes. So you might've made a joke maybe that i don't even know if you consulted the brand whatever you thought your humor is going to Mm. translate here it didn't didn't. so that's why it's even double personal because it's for work Mm. so now you're embarrassed about the work but also your joke didn't land Mm. yeah and then now you you probably got in trouble at work and so now you're just like "Ah, these haters they've got me into trouble again but people forget we can see as a brand when you're liking after you say sorry we see every time when you're liking the the tweets Mm. that are saying they shouldn't have had to say sorry because then we're like okay how fake are you exactly like for me personally i decided to take a break from that (laughs) establishment (laughs) hadn't been there in a while but definitely not inspired to go back just because i feel like we're still out here some of us mm. who hold people to a higher standard are mm. still out here waiting for a real apology. <laughs> you see? You see? And I think that's the thing that um, brands in Zambia miss. It's the apology thing. It's the apologizing properly online and just getting it done properly. I, th- I think that we just, we don't do it well. We don't do it well because we, we, we get into our feelings and the person behind it gets into our feelings. So there's also that part of, we go back to that thing where I talk about training people to understand that, um, having somebody who runs their personal account then giving them a brand account and then Mm. asking them to communicate um is just it's just mind-blowing to me a community manager's specific role is to make sure that they build a community they talk to community the word community if we're supposed to be a community it's like a family yeah so if people in your family are upset yeah do you not want to give a genuine apology exactly but we don't get that and the reason why we don't get a, get that in zambia i think is because we don't understand that a lot of the times that we give somebody a social media manager job and there's eight roles in that job there's mm. community manager there's a digital strategist there is a social media manager there's an ad person Talk about it. and then you know and you just expect that person some people are really really good at just being community managers that's it yeah that's it they're not good at scheduling content and doing this they're not organized enough yeah. for it but if you put them there and tell them here's the content here's everything else um and and just build the community they're really good at yeah. that and, and others can't develop a strategy to save their lives like they, they, they can create a lot of like content ideas exactly. here are the hashtags yeah. here's the this but they can't put it yeah. together and be like let's post this yeah. monday at this time because yeah. that's when our audience it's, actually is on our page yeah. or engaging with us because they don't look at the analytics so yeah. i think that even if you were to get an influence i think you should hire them to be a community manager because they've shown that they can build a community from their personal brand yeah. that's something that they know right but yeah. not they don't know how to do content creation like the way you think that content creation because content creation can be come from a personal place mm-hmm. if they're always a joker they're going to be joking on your account mm-hmm. is your brand a joking type of account you know or is it a professional platform 
So those are the things you got to consider. So, yeah. yeah. Mm. Now I think it's important what you've said there is it's not a one size fits all because even the roles mm-hmm. you want to hire somebody. I remember you mm. know these horror stories of mm-hmm. mine. I've been hired to work as a. <laughs> they say like, oh, can you manage our social media pages? Mm. That I'm always like, wait, let's have a conversation because you do understand that underneath all of that, mm-hmm. there's different roles. Yes. No, 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 but you can do everything. Yes, I'm not a graphic designer. Yes. And there's only so many free images if you're not going to give me money to buy images or and that also those images get mm. used everywhere. Yes. I'd rather can we book a photo shoot mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and a photographer then people mm. start saying no mm-hmm. then it should come out of your budget not mine. Whose mm-hmm. product is this that yeah. we're trying to push? You know all the questions. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You know there's some things that I'm good at and there's just things where it's the bane of my existence. Yeah. I don't mind doing the mm. reports. Yes. The audits because yes. I've learned how to do it. Yes. So like for me it's like almost like a second nature thing mm-hmm. but i'm not a graphic designer yeah and sometimes even scheduling mm-hmm. across platforms sometimes yeah. that's irritating yes for me. yeah so sometimes i fall off sometimes <laughs> i'm not the most organized so and it's you, good know, to you know you just that. have to know your own strengths yeah. and weaknesses and sometimes just be like okay well mm-hmm. you know good luck to you i can't take this on yes. unless it's also going to be with maybe one other person yes. or some sort of team i can recommend yeah yeah, yeah. maybe we can all bring down a the price to such mm-hmm. but if people are not willing i'm always just like okay well i can recommend someone else to you who's mm-hmm. willing to take on this whole entire thing thing this epic task <laughs> that you seem to think is just you know someone spending two hours of just their day posting. just posting yeah <laughs> people's favorite is it's just posting no it's not just posting actually so, yeah. and yeah. i also remember for myself i do remember there's a time when a few of my friends mm. called me out i don't know if it was you i was running a social media account but mm. for a business that i'm a partner yeah. in and i remember i had shared something now it was on my private platform but the questions i got were mm. irritating me yes. and then i was like oh just go to the page. Mm. And then my friends are like, whoa, sis, but you brought it here to your personal. So now you can't tell people to go to the page. And you know, I was having a bad day. We are mm. all human. Yes. But I had to suck it up, delete, and yeah. even apologize. And then also, I, and I didn't have to, but I thanked mm. my friends mm-hmm. for enlightening me. Yeah. That like, dude, mm-hmm. you stepped out of line. There. Yes. That was not a good look for the brand. Yes, exactly. Like, so either stick to your just posting on the brand's page. Yeah. And if you're going to put it on your personal, be mm-hmm. prepared for the questions. And I think that's a good thing when you have friends like that to kind of pull you up. I think social media these days, if you don't have friends who will be like, hey, 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 <laughs> mm-hmm. what you're talking about there is not, it's not the right way. You haven't done it correctly. I think it's important to have that. So, mm-hmm. yeah. Hmm. Yeah. So, okay. I know you're probably not going to like the way I'm going to phrase this. Wow. But I feel like you're famous hey. for collaborations. Hey. I don't between know brands yeah. or linking your clients with yes. other clients or to work with other brands mm-hmm. e.g. restaurant mm-hmm. week mm-hmm. I know that you had your hand in <laughs> helping mm. us I say because that's the business I'm a partner in yes um, come up with the idea of the masterclass yes. in a way and mm-hmm. then link us with your clients like mm-hmm. my Saucy Spoon mm-hmm. and Nina mm-hmm. for, to help us with our goodie bags but mm-hmm. also to speak on this panel for mm-hmm. the event Scaling Homegrown yeah, yeah. Why was it important or why is it important for you to always try and like link other people mm-hmm. with other people? Um, so I go back to this 
um, idea that our industry is it's not it's not fully formed I mean we don't have a lot of resources we don't have a lot of tools available to us and a lot of the times we don't even have the right network to get us where we need to be and that's mm. a lot of case that's the case for a lot of uh, small businesses a lot of people a lot of creatives but once you start linking people i see that there's so much you can do with um, with shared resources and tools and opportunities and you can just see that collaborations work so much better than doing and struggling on your own you know the whole i can do bad by myself thing i don't i've never subscribed to it i, yeah. I feel that um if you can collaborate with people who can make your life easier but also help you promote your products and your services then why not you know um and so it's like extra marketing yeah it's extra marketing you've got your own socials but now you're appearing on other and people's, people's these collaborate this what is it the cross-pollination effect uh-huh. on social media I love like, that word. Hey. you know and it's important but people don't always um subscribe to it because they feel like oh what if somebody takes my ideas or what if whatever the case may be but i think the more you work with other people you actually build up um your network and you you learn from other people as well so that's why i like it i think it's the most important thing ever Mm. and also i wanted to ask you about this bongo hive podcast Mm. that you are hosting because i know you've got your own podcast which is which is somewhere uh just sleeping for a little bit (laughs) mama fix a digital yeah okay you'll get there this is what i want to say so bongo hive i know you've had a very long relationship with them yes how did this collaboration come about? So as you said, Bongo Hive is family. If people don't know, um, I was in Australia and I actually sent them, I, I stumbled upon their their work and I thought, this is fantastic. This is what I've been looking for. Um, but then I said, can I do your social media strategy? Can I create it for free? Um, at first, I didn't even think that I can do it for free because they were like, what are you saying? You, what, what is this free thing? thing who does things for free? free but i was like i want to learn i want to see if i can do it and that's how I, my relationship with bongo hive had uh, started so from there bongo hive has always reached out to me um and we've always collaborated or worked on various projects together so when it came to podcasts podcasts i've been doing them for a while now for a you really have, long time you had convo consults podcast I and i was a guest on it it's really amazing <laughs> and uh 10 years ago I was doing diaspora talk. I used to do like a Zambian diaspora uh, talk show every Saturday, hosted it and everything. So I said, you know, and they knew that I was pretty passionate about podcasts as well. So they said, can you do this thing for us? And I said, sure, why not? I was pregnant, very grumpy at the time, um, but I still managed to do it. do it and yeah that's how it came about and i think it was important because it was initially um something that bongawa hive wanted to do for the entrepreneur entrepreneurs in their community Mm. and i'm really hoping that a lot of the lessons that they that they are um that we are talking about in each in each episode um helps people because you not everyone can get to bongo hive and and talk to people there or participate Mm. in the master classes it's true i've had to unfortunately miss some talks or Mm. master classes just because schedule won't allow yeah 
Mm-hmm. And sometimes when with a busy life, you forget to, you know, see when things are happening. Exactly. So for me, it's been interesting to listen to as someone with a business because mm. I've actually picked up a lot of things. Where I'm like, oh, yeah, we learned that one the hard way. Yeah. Yeah. But it's also good. It's a nice refresher and yeah. reminder. Of, yeah. Remember when that didn't go well, well for you? And why it didn't and go well. And why it didn't. Yeah. And it's so, assuring as well yeah. for some people. Because so, you don't feel like you're the only one out here failing. Exactly. And it's not failure. It's mm. just you have to take everything. It's a lesson. Mm. how can you grow yeah how can your business grow from yeah. that and i think one of the things um one of the reasons why i was happy you started a podcast is there's a difference between um creating content that you just place onto facebook either images or even video but having conversations are so so important because you can kind of talk through things you can it, it's it's more personal to me and I love podcasts because you can download them and listen to them later and on the go. They fit well with our culture, our Zambian mm. uh, media culture and also the fact that we, data is expensive, you know. Data, it really it, is. It is. So if I can go to your podcast and download it today and then listen to it later um, yes. and know exactly how much I'm about to download, I mean, life is so much, you know what I mean? Like, you yeah. know, like, you know, like conversations with Lee it's like 10 MB for me to, to, to download. If I want to listen to it, I can listen to it. And I can listen to it time and time again in my own time. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that's why it's also important for us. We are trying to add ourselves onto more platforms, guys. We've heard mm. your cries. Yes. We're working on it. Some mm. of these platforms, we need you guys to listen and <laughs> tell your friends to listen so that we have more yep. listenership. Yeah. Um, but moving away from that, my last thing that I want to ask you about is mm. mentorship. Okay. Although I'm starting to not like that word. It's a beautiful word. No, no, I just feel like when you look at how other people are using it, it's like mentor, mentor. It's like a song now, Ah. (laughs) like a lot of other things. Yes. But I do believe that mentorship is important. Mm -hmm. Um, And I don't believe in having just one mentor because what does that person know about maybe how I have my own mental health thing. So maybe I need a mentor who Mm -hmm. understands that aspect Mm -hmm. of my life. Mm you might be a woman with a child in a business mm. you need a mentor who mm. can relate to you there mm-hmm. you might be in a very specific industry yeah. so maybe a mentor for that yeah not too many mentors yeah. but i feel like three or two it's yeah. even a good fit mm-hmm. um how do you feel about mentorship um so uh, I'm, I'm, I'm trying to think of the politically correct way to answer this um well, what is mentorship to you okay so i two years ago or three years ago i've always i guess unofficially mentored people yeah like me yeah -hmm. (laughs) unofficially but i wouldn't call myself a mentor and i've even struggled to even get to that point of being allowed to be called a mentor Mm -hmm. only because i feel that sometimes people call themselves as mentors to make themselves for the clout for the to make yourself look like you're so good at helping others yeah and... i feel really uncomfortable when i say see people say well I, you know i was with my mentees and blah, 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 and you know i'm like okay cool yeah because it does it's like i you now a teacher and you're teaching your class your students yeah. it kind of it, yeah. it takes a little bit away from the people that you're so called yeah. mentoring so now i kind of like mind my own business with that and just say okay that's how they mentor but for me mentorship should be you are the person who is working in the background with your mentee mm. to help them to give them information or even give them strategies or just to give them life lessons or help them in any way that you can to to be more confident to make the right decisions from the, for themselves for their business for whatever it is that they need from you i think that's an important thing but you are not 
the focus they are the focus yeah so as a mentor um somebody should be able to come to you privately and say these these are the struggles that i'm going through this is what's happening this is what i want to learn from you yeah yeah no i definitely and okay i won't call you a mentor but you're definitely someone where i know i can ask advice Mm -hmm. yes whether it's even life or business and we don't it's not a relationship where it's every day Mm -hmm. we're texting you're Mm -hmm. not sending me prayers every day and like stats and whatever (laughs) and inspiration or whatever but i know that exactly (laughs) i don't feel like i wouldn't even i would be like she's got way too much time But I do feel like when we do have conversations mm-hmm. about life, mm-hmm. about money, mm-hmm. about business, mm-hmm. I always leave the conversation going, ah, yes. okay, that's what I need to change. Or maybe this is where I was going wrong with that. Mm-hmm. Or you've given me a fresh perspective. Because yeah. I do believe a lot of the times, mm-hmm. especially when it comes to our careers and work, mm-hmm. we, we are very, we can have start to have tunnel vision. Yeah where you're only seeing things mm-hmm. this way and mm-hmm. when it's not working you're like I'm just mm-hmm. going to give up so yeah. sometimes it's nice that someone can say no, wait a second I see you doing this this yes. and this yeah. yeah and maybe this isn't working mm-hmm. so maybe transfer your energy into this thing that you seem to think is exactly. a, a little thing mm-hmm. that you don't factor in, in but yeah. that's the thing that most people mm. love about you or engage with you about exactly exactly so, exactly yeah Aww. I mean, that's basically why I started my podcast. Oh, <laughs> you see now you're making me blush. You know, I don't take compliments well, but right. I will say thank you. Um, I'm just happy to be on the podcast. I mean, after yeah. all, you know, well, I hope everyone listening has definitely um, learned something or yeah. uh, enjoyed it. What is your website? Quick plugs. Where can people find you? www.mukukamayuka.com. You can find me on Mama Fixer Digital um, on Instagram and on Twitter, you can find me Fix the Miss, but I am not tweeting right now because it's Lent. But hey, <laughs> oh, that's why you're not on Twitter. Yeah, but yeah, guys, feel free to check out the mm-hmm. website. You know, mm-hmm. ask her for some social media help if you need to. Just engage yes. so that you can also make yourself better at yeah. what it is that you're doing. So whether it's your personal social and you just want to improve it or you want to get into this influencer game or it's your brand, mm-hmm. make sure that you do that. And uh, thanks for listening to Conversations with Leela B. Before we go, mm-hmm. please show some love for your favorite podcast by giving us a favorite on Anchor FM. You can also leave us a message. You can also comment on our social media platforms. Just search Conversations with Leela B. And make sure that you stay tuned for the next episode coming your way soon. Thank you for joining the conversation.